I just feel led tonight to share um, about, you know, something that was that went on in my life. Um, and I think you, you'll identify with it some. And uh, at least part at some part of it, you will. And uh, it, it, you know, it, I, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago or something. I heard. I just. I don't remember if I literally heard some. Heard it. I don't. I think I heard it. And just came up in my heart because I can't imagine what I'd be listening to that I would hear this. But anyway, I think it came up in my heart, and it was an old hymn. And that happens a lot, where songs will come up in my heart. I'm sure it does to you. And a lot of times when I'm getting ready in the morning, you know, I'll something will come up in my heart, and I'll just sing. And so. Uh, this is a really old hymn. I imagine there's going to be a lot of people in here that never don't even know it, but it's called It Is Well With My Soul. I think they sing it at funerals a lot, but it, I don't, you know, hallelujah, we scratched that part. It, it's, it, it's kind of, uh, it's got a lot of verses, but the course is really short. It's basically, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. And, um, uh, so it was that came up in my heart, and so I'm thinking about it, and I just thought, you know, is it well with my soul? I had that thought about myself, and and you know, I looked the, the lyrics up to the song, which that's handy. You can do that on the internet now. And one of the things it said about the song was that it's a uh, the hymn. It's that it's about peace. It's a hymn about peace. Um, and uh, thank God we don't have to go to heaven to get the peace, you know, uh, praise the Lord. And so I began to meditate on that and just ask myself, I, I think this was kind of after we got back from our trip. It was, it was like the next day or something. And I just thought to myself, you know, am I right with God? Is it well with my soul? And we talk a lot about around here about your soul prospering. And I guess it's kind of another way to say, is my soul prospering right now? Um, Third John 2 talks about, I, Beloved, I desire above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. And so we know that soul prosperity is very important. So as I be meditated on this, the Holy Spirit started asking me questions. And I found myself doing a, a heart investigation, a soul investigation, if you would, to, to find out if I was, if things were right. And um, so, because, um, you know, it's not what we think is right. It's what the Holy Spirit says is right. And so we, we, I did a Holy Spirit search. And these are in no particular order, but I'll just tell you what the Lord gave me about this. And this was personal, but I felt like I was supposed to share it with you tonight. And um, one of the things, the first thing the Lord said was, have you heard, have you heard God's voice today? Have you heard his voice today? And I had to stop and think about it. Had I, had I heard the Lord speak that day? However you want to say it. Jesus talked to me. The Holy Ghost talked to me. The Lord talked to me. Have you heard God today? Is an important question that we ask ourselves. John 10, 27, we know says, My sheep hear my voice. I, I believe this is supposed to be a daily thing that we hear His voice. Not a once in a blue moon you know i heard his voice once back in 1963 or something like that 
I know that's way too far back for some, some of you, but I actually remember 1963. Praise God. <clears throat> One thing God has given me is an awesome memory. It doesn't always like, for instance, I can remember the Bible. I remember a lot of verses, but sometimes I know I couldn't tell you where they're at. Sometimes I'll know, well, that's in Acts, but I couldn't quote you. And I'm like, why couldn't I got that, that memory part? <laughs> but I can remember what I wore to school the first day of school in first grade. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I can remember Christmas when I was, I, my memory goes back to two years old. I mean, it is, uh, it is amazing what I remember. And uh, sometimes that kind of, and maybe I'm overconfident in it, but I just know it's something God's given me, and me and my mother will kind of <laughs> like that every once in a while, because I'll be, no, I, no, that's not right, because this is how it was, <laughs> you know. Don't argue with your elders, Debbie. Hallelujah. <laughs> just let it pass. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <clears throat> have, I, have I heard him today? Because that's a very big indication of am I, is my soul prospering? Turn to Proverbs uh, 8, verse 6. And uh, I hope it's Proverbs 8, 6. I was thinking it was Psalms for some. No, it's 8, 6. Proverbs 8, 6. See, I didn't remember that. So it just doesn't always work. But I get him. I have these. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 8, 6 says, Listen, or hear in the king james but in one version it says listen the new king james says listen listen i will speak of excellent things the king james says here for i will speak of excellent things i believe the lord has a lot of excellent things to say to us and uh, i in fact i believe everything he says to us is excellent even if he corrects us even if it's always excellent and always is a it's all of it is a blessing and I'd encourage you sometime to read on down through verse 12, but we won't do that tonight. Um, but if something's out of kilter with our soul, and we really aren't prospering in our soul, and it's not well with our soul, it seems like one of the first things to go is we will not be hearing quite as good as we used to. We won't, may not be hearing at all. Uh, we quit hearing very well. So we might ask ourselves sometimes, and I did, I had to kind of think about that that day and say, well, when did I hear him last? Because if I hadn't heard the Lord in a long time, one thing it might be is that I'm too busy, which one way to get your soul all out of kilter is to get really way, way, way too busy. We have to sometimes purposely slow our life down. Sometimes we have to purposely find the meaning of the word no and re view ourselves we have to make sure that we are answering to God and you know not to, to other people that would put a demand on us you know there's always a demand coming from other people on all of us you know I know that uh, if you are working out in the public and maybe if you have a really very important job there's people you know, putting a lot of demands on you. And so we have to back off sometimes and uh, make sure we're hearing God on a daily basis and uh, expecting God to speak these super important things to our life. They're very important. They're the next steps. They're the keys. They're the 
you know, they're the, the, the thing that we're going to need for next week and down the road and next month. God wants to say those things to us. And if you know what, if I'm listening on a daily basis and I've and it takes some training to listen, it takes some practice to hear. But I found that God's very, very good about confirming, you know, things that we hear. And also I found that he speaks in a lot, a lot of different ways. I think it kind of, God enjoys tricking it up for us. (laughs) I mean, you know, I have had him speak to me in a movie that wasn't even Christian. Uh, Something somebody said on the news. I've had something during the news, just something just hit me i've i've listened to christian tv programming and get one phrase that i felt like just man that that's us that stands out for me also very important to write those things down because they will uh slip your memory you know because it's funny you may remember what you wore to school in first grade but you can't remember what it was on that in fact today i had to re-listen to something i had heard on a christian program thank the heavens for the internet you can do that because I knew there was one thing in there that I got, and I didn't have a piece of paper right where I was at listening to it, and I didn't write it down. So I had to spend 30 minutes re-listening and, you know, to that. And so, cause, But it was important, so I, I wanted to know it. I wanted to hear it. But if I'm listening on a daily basis and I'm practicing that, then when I get in a crisis, it won't be hard to hear. Amen. So, uh, and then the next thing, uh, after I had examined that, the Lord said to me, um, are you in love with the brethren? Are you in love with the brethren? And not just, yeah, 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 I love, I love everybody at the church, but Pastor Buzzy used to talk about being, that there's a difference between loving and being in love, (laughs) you know, and, uh, I found that when I'm in love with, and this I'm talking about Christians, and I'm not even just talking about the Christians in this church, but do we do we have a a do I have a am I mad at other Christians? Am I mad at at other religions? I think sometimes we're they're just people that are just mad. There are people that are angry and hate the Jews. There are people that are angry with uh catholics just angry you know i know we have a friend that is just like and he, both of his kids married catholics and, and he's just like huh? he's just like gnashing his teeth you know because they're going to hell you know and uh, my grandkids are gonna go to hell well they may go to hell but the, you know i think that I, I really personally believe there's m- many, many, many saved Catholics. We have to go back to what God says about salvation. And I don't know. I just have a, I have a love for our Catholic brethren. God's given it to me. And I love the Mormons. I really do. And I, you know what? I know they're, I even that family that's on TV, Sister Wives, they are polygamists. And I believe that polygamy is wrong, but y'all may kick me out of this church, but I truly believe those people are saved. Now, see, somebody looked at me crooked, but I've listened to them, and I've heard that they what they say about Jesus Christ and Him being their Savior. And I'm like, you may have five wives or however many you have, but I believe that I believe you're saved. And you know, 
And of course, most Mormons don't practice polygamy anymore. But uh, I believe the reason that we didn't get Mitt Romney for a president is because the Baptists just wouldn't have it because, not mad at the Baptists, don't, but I was one, but they were not having it because every other Wednesday night they teach on cults. And I'm not kidding you. And Mormons are in the cult book. And I know they got a lot of extra added stuff, but there's a lot of people got some added extra stuff, you know. And if you, the, you know, the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ, you know what you have to believe. And a lot of these people believe this. They believe, they believe all that, and then they believe a little extra about Joseph Smith or whatever his name was. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, the Adventist, Marla, came, you know, that plays piano, she came out of Adventist, and all her mother and dad and all her brothers and sisters. So I asked her, because Marla's just so, you could ask her anything. And I said, uh, uh, Marla, are your, uh, I, I know they're Adventists, are they saved? She said, oh, yes, they're saved. And, you know, uh, but, and so now we have this situation coming, and I'm like, are we, we're, Dr. Ben Carson is thinking about running for president. And he is awesome. But guess what? He's an Adventist. In fact, her family is like best friends with Dr. Ben Carson, and uh, she knows him personally. Hallelujah. But anyway, I'm like, oh, God, don't let us have a repeat. If he was to choose to run, how awesome would he be, you know, as a president? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So, are we in love with the brethren? Or not just our Christian friends. Oh, yeah, I love my Christian friends, but all the brethren. And loving them, not just loving them in a general sense, but in love with them. In other words, does our, uh, and one way we can tell is uh, we can kind of test it out. If you really love someone like that, your heart will kind of well up about them. You'll kind of feel a joy at thinking about them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First John three fourteen. I think this is an important scripture. I know one of these days we're going to figure out that not none of us has it right completely. No preacher has it all right. No. If nothing else, we hadn't even learned enough to have it all right yet. What if you twenty years ago? I didn't have a clue who we were in Christ. And we were preaching and teaching. But I didn't have a clue who we were in Christ. And because I didn't know who we were in Christ, we didn't know, we, we didn't understand anything about how to get the sick healed. We, we didn't have anything, we didn't understand anything much about authority. It just, and, and I know we even had Brother Hagin's book on authority, but still somehow it just hadn't, it hadn't penetrated. It ha at least it hadn't dropped from here to here. You know what I'm saying? And so we sure didn't have it all right. And I'm sure 20 years from now we'll be going, could you believe that we didn't know about this or that or whatever? Uh, 1 John 3, 14. I don't think we have another 20 years. Hallelujah. 1 John 3, uh, 1 John. It'd help if I got in 1 John and it would really help. That would help a lot. 1 John 3.14. Y'all are all there. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. 
He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So um, that's something we really, you know, if we've got a problem with our brother and sisters in Christ, then our soul's really not prospering. You know, whether it be an individual, whether it be a denomination, whether it be, you know, have you ever had one of those I'm mad at the world days? And you just didn't like anybody. That's a very big sign. All is not well with my soul. You know, when, when you're mad at everybody, it's you, not them. And I'm sure that we regularly have had those days in the past, not in the future. So a love, loving the brethren's big indicator. And then the Holy Ghost said to me, have, have, I, have you repented of all your sin? And, of course, we know that would be known sin. It amazes me to, it really amazes me how many Christians just don't repent. I, I personally think, and it's been my experience, that when, I'm, when I haven't repented, then, first of all, my conscience, uh, if, you know, First John says, if your heart condemns you not, then have you confidence towards God. And, you know, I know that there is a place where there's condemnation that comes from the devil. And I, I don't think you need 29 lessons on grace to deal with condemnation. All you have to know is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation. And if you will, you may have to resist the devil and say that to him. You might even have to say it three or four times. But if you'll keep telling the devil that when he keeps whipping you over sin that you've already repented over, well, you'll get rid of him. And, of course, the renewed mind of who we are in Christ and spirit, soul, and body, all of those things uh, help. But really, it's not a matter. I think there's people that if you don't have a renewed mind, you can hear all the grace teaching in the world and you still are good. The devil just doesn't quit condemning just because he's going to keep on. It's my, he's never going to give up trying to condemn you. But that's the key word is just try. He can't. He can't. He can try, but we don't mess with him all day, every day anymore. And so, uh, and if we're walking around in condemnation, that's a big sign that my soul's not prospering if I'm feeling condemned, you know. And so I need to draw aside. I need to repent for what I need to repent for. And I believe repentance is necessary. I believe that, that unrepentant sin bogs us down. And plus, if you'll look over with me in, um, and you know, let me talk a minute before we go there about unknown sin. You know, I like to come into the throne room of grace and say, Lord, I just submit to you and I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Because sometimes, you know, we just don't see our own weakness or mess up. Or if we have a habit, we have a, a personality trait that's, that's the negative. We just don't see it sometimes. But the Holy Ghost is faithful that when the timing is right, he will bring that to us, and he will say, ah, "This is this is what you do," and uh, <laughs> it, that's a good time to say, "You're right, Lord," and I I repent and I ask you to help me fix that. And you know what? There's grace to fix it. And so coming under the blood, and then saying to the Lord, and I've been saying this for years to the Lord. I say, "Lord, correct me where I'm wrong." 
you know, I want to be corrected because I feel like if the Lord will correct me, then I can I can get out from underneath whatever it is. I can be uh, more in a place where all is well with my soul. Um, so why are we afraid to repent? One of the reasons is, is that when we are in sin or we know we are wrong, we have a tendency as human beings to run, to hide. Think about Adam and Eve. And they hid because uh, they hid. But, you know, we have Jesus Christ, and there's not any reason any longer to hide. But we tend to do that. We tend to run away from church. You know, attendance people will quit attending church sometimes and just go off and stay home just because uh, they just don't feel like they're right with God. They feel like, you know, they've messed up and it's too bad or whatever like that. But God forgives us and there is no condemnation. But you know, the only real way to make grace work is to re repent because uh, grace um, comes, grace grace is given to us. I thought that was coming from outside. I was like, oh, over the speaker. Grace is coming to us uh, to live above. Grace comes to us to be victorious. Grace is not a, a, a ticket or a pass, a hall pass like you get at school. It's not a hall pass to say, it's all right if you don't, if you don't do right. No, it's the grace to, we, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's the enable, it's divine enablement. It's the, it's not the grace to say, oh, I know I'm a bad parent, but, you know, there's grace. No, it's the enablement to be a, to parent good, to be a good parent. We have that. If wherever we're at in life, there's grace. There's grace for your job. There's grace for there's grace to work all night. There is, you know, you have to call upon it sometimes and say, God, I've got to have some extra grace here. There's grace to be a missionary. There's grace to be a truck driver if that's what you have to be. You know, at this time and this season in your life, you know, there's grace. Hallelujah. And there's grace to do it and live godly while you do it. Hallelujah. And so there's grace for every area of our life, and we just don't call on it enough. You know, we don't ever think about when we're sitting there after dinner at night, and we're watching TV, and you know, after you eat dinner, and once you sit down, guess what? Does everybody feel like this? You don't want to get back up, do you? And you've got stuff you've got to do. There's grace to go clean up the kitchen. And we can call on it for simple things like that. You know, instead of saying, maybe I'll just leave those dishes till morning. And in the morning, you're in a hurry. And you come home, and supper is still sitting on the table. Now, you don't, I know nobody in here ever did that, but we actually had neighbors. And she would invite the neighbor, and this was at a time I wasn't filled with the Spirit, so when she invited me, I went. And so she would invite three or four women to come over to her house and we would sit in her, had a little bitty house, we would sit at her round kitchen table and play cards. I can't even remember what game it was we were playing. We would sit there and play cards and supper and not just the dishes but the pans with the food in them was still all over the cabinets and hallelujah. There's people but we have grace. We have grace and you know depending on your personality whether you some people's personality they can stand it and obviously she had that kind of personality but but you know there's grace to live righteously 
to live holy in Christ Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. So <clears throat> grace is divine enablement. Um, then the next thing the Lord said to me is, is, my heart, is your heart responding to the word? Uh, when you read the word, is your heart responding? When you worship, are you connecting in worship? Does your heart well up? Does your heart, do you engage when you're worship? If, if you are, are, are you hungry for God? I had to test my hunger level that day. Am I hungry? I had to ask myself, am I hungry? And I said, yeah. And I thought of two, th two areas spiritually that I was hungry for. And I, you know, that's what I've been feeding on lately. I, I said, you know, I, I know I'm hungry for the glory and I'm hungry for healing. And so that's what I've been feeding on. I think a lot of times we don't pick up on where our hunger is and we don't know where to feed when it comes time to get in the Word of God. So um, that's a sure sign when you're hungry when your desires are right, the, you have you're having the right desires. You're not if you're having desires to go off and commit adultery. I don't think you're all as well with your soul. I mean, you might. I think you might agree with that. Or if you're having desires to go watch inappropriate things, then all is not really well with your soul. Uh, if you don't feel any connection when you worship God then you're going to have you need to get alone with God and you probably need to go back to uh this is what I would do I would go back to repenting of sin I that's what I would do I'd try to get clean and then uh I would I would re absolutely refuse condemnation cuz we can be let, and I would also examine my heart and say, you know, am I just so worrying and fretting over something that I'm not really not connecting in prayer, not connecting in worship? I don't get anything out of the Word when I read it. You know, there's a there's something big distracting you, and uh, you need to find that. So, uh, praise God. Then the Holy Ghost said, um, "Are you sensing the presence of the Lord?" Do you sense the presence of the Lord on a regular basis? We get really busy in life, but we need to check in. I would say many times every day. And just, you know, just check in. Just pause for a moment. Brother Lawrence wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. He was a monk, but he actually didn't sit around praying all day. He actually worked in the kitchen. And he was cooking three meals a day for the other monks. So he was a pretty busy monk. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, you know, practicing the presence, checking in and just seeing, you know, when you're praying, do I, am I sensing his presence? Hallelujah. And we're not talking about goosebumps here, but I want to walk so close to God that, it, that, uh, that I sense his presence and know you know, not I, now by now by faith and by the word, I know He never leaves me nor forsakes me. So I'm not talking about that, because I know that. But I want to sense His presence. I want to know we're communing here. We're 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 together in this. Uh, if you start looking for the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will in turn respond, and He'll start looking to you. And he will looking for you, and he'll kind of give you nudges throughout the day that uh, kind of draw you back in a lot of times and draw you into the presence. Because he's like, it's like the Holy Ghost saying, uh, I, I want to commune some more. 
I want to, I want to commune with you. Sometimes, um, I'll be praying just in the general sense, and I'm I'm just praying by faith. I'm not sensing really anything. And then all of a sudden, and a lot of times it seems like I pray with my eyes closed, as probably y'all do too. But all of a sudden, I, 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 I will see the Holy Spirit come. And what I see is he, he comes, he, he's blue when he comes. And I, I'm like, I always thought, well, you know, because mm, you think you're weird. Because, but I always know it's like, oh, Holy Spirit, you came. And uh, so one time I was listening to Jen Johnson. You know, she's one writes all these awesome songs, her and her husband, for Bethel. And we just sang one tonight. I love your presence. And uh, she said, you know, when I'm praying and I see the Holy Ghost, he's always blue. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. Hallelujah. But he's not always blue. Because sometimes the Holy Ghost, I, as I press on in, I'll see. And, and, you know, it comes in waves. It's not like, oh, you're just seeing, you know, something out in the yard and a light and a glare and all that. No, I'll keep praying or I'll keep pressing. And it's like it'll disappear and then it'll come back and it'll and I'll I'll oh and then I'll and if I'll just really pay attention to that and, and draw it towards myself, it'll get big. It'll get big. Oh, hallelujah. And uh so however you do it, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to tell you to do it like I do it. And I know that there's different grace on different people. And I know some of you work jobs where it's just, you know. But there's a way to find a way to practice the presence of God, you know, wherever you're at. Even if you have to. I was thinking about this. Even if you have to pick up the phone and uh, turn around in your chair and everybody there thinks you're doing big business. But you are. You are, and I guarantee you, you are not wasting your boss's time. When you take a moment to, to connect with the presence of God, you are helping your boss prosper. Hallelujah. You're helping get the job done in that place. When we check in on a regular basis. And then another, the next thing the Lord said to me that day, He says, uh, Debbie, are you, you know you're not, your soul's not right. When you're not able to settle down, have you, I, I, boy, have you ever been just not able to get at peace, at rest? And I'm talking about not so much in your general life, but I'm talking about you settle down and you are going to pray and you just can't get at rest. You're just fidgety. You're just, you know, you have lack of focus for spiritual things. You might could read a novel all night, but you can't read the Bible because you're distracted. You're, you know, it's like you read the whole chapter and you realize I didn't even pay attention while I was reading. I have done, I do that. It happens. I will make myself read the chapter again just because that makes me so I'm, I'm mad at myself when I let that happen. When I'm halfway through the chapter and all of a sudden my mind's over here buying groceries or something at Publix, it's like, really, I want to know what God's saying to me today. Because He's got something to say. And there's going to come confirmations in your life. In, uh, things He said to you, He's going to confirm to you in His Word. And recently I was listening to a... Uh, 
a, a teaching on YouTube. I can't even remember who it was now, but it was this week because then our reading for that day was in Hebrews, and it was like, oh, my word, this is exact confirmation to what I just was hearing taught, and I was so appreciative of the Lord for confirming it. Uh, with his word and he wants to do that for us in his word so am I restless uh, in Genesis 3 8 it, we talked about uh, it was when Adam and Eve were hidden in the garden and God said to them where are you <laughs> hallelujah because we do we get restless we tend to hide and I can always tell when I've been feeding the flesh too much and I'm not talking about food here I'm talking about feeding the flesh, you know, just watch too much TV, been too preoccupied with something. I'm not really bad about the Internet because I don't know. There's not much anything on there that interests me. But, you know, whatever distracted by, I can tell because, um, um, first of all, I get one of the first things I notice is I'm not very hungry for the things of God. I get up in the morning and I have that thing of, oh, I don't want to pray. Oh, oh man, I don't want to read the Word. Oh. And, you know, I, I may not voice that, but I'm, I'm feeling it on the inside. And I know, you know what? It's because I've been feeding my flesh. Because when I feed my spirit and feeding it the Word, I really do this. It happens to me. Is, um. I get up in the morning and I think, man, last night I was listening to that teaching on healing. I can't wait to finish that one. I got halfway through. I can't wait to finish it. And I know that that's a sign that my spirit's prospering, my soul is prospering, my soul is healthy. I'm hungry for more of the Word. I'm hungry to hear God. I'm, you know, I don't have to uh, beat myself up to pray. When I... Uh, so I have to find ways to make myself settle down. And you'll have to find your ways. I don't want to be distracted by my phone, you know. When you're when you're restless and it's a sure sign something it's not you're all is not well with your soul. And you know, when you start to pray and then you're picking up your phone and you're looking at your phone and you start checking emails and you prayed three minutes and then all of a sudden you find yourself without even you having thought thought of it you're checking emails have you ever done that absolutely we all have uh, or something else um, <clears throat> the next thing the Holy Spirit says is uh, Debbie do you sense of you do you have a sense of victory and first Corinthians 1557 says uh, let's run let's go there first Corinthians 1557 you know, check. You need to have a soul checking time. We all do regularly. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. We might not go through this every day, but we need to take a while. Uh, and especially if something's just not flowing right, if you begin to have a uh, you know, something. And so many times, we just um, we make wrong decisions when our all is not well with our soul. And so we need to uh, check up on our soul and keep it very healthy. But 15, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I believe that when I have my soul prospering, 
I know it because it's what the Holy Ghost gave me, that I'm going to have a sense of victory. All of my circumstances might be horrible, but deep in my heart, I've got a sense of victory. We used to sing a song, I'm on the victory side. And we can, we can kind of judge that. I'll have a sense of victory about myself. I'm going to have a high level of hope. And that's another good place to check. Is my hope level high? Am I, uh, am I sub and then the next thing he said was, am I submitted to, are you submitted to my will? Ephesians 5.17, we'll turn there. Are you submitted to the will of God? Am I submitted to the will of God? Um, hallelujah. It's going to be hard to have soul prosperity and not be submitted to his will. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.17 says, um, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It is unwise not to know the will of God. And when we don't know the will of God, hey, right there, we, that's a big sign. I need to set aside some time, and I need to at least begin the process of finding out what the will of God is in whatever situation you're in because my soul my soul prospers when I am in the center of God's will. That's where it prospers best. When I'm, I may be in process, my family may not be all lined up. You know, there may be some situations and circumstances which we know, we, that we know are not the will of God in our lives, but we are actively knowing what the will of God is and we're headed that way uh, in our hearts. And so being submitted to his will. Uh, you know, uh, if I can, if you and I could say, now maybe not this for every Christian, but we're spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, well-taught, full of the word, know the word Christians. Uh, and if we can honestly say, I don't know what God has called me to do. You may not know way out in the future, but right now today I don't have a clue what God has called me to do. Then that is a big indication, as they would say it out, uh, out in the country here, or maybe they only say this in Texas, that you've been barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> you know, in other words, because if, if, if you were putting yourself in the position of hearing God and listening to God, it's not going to take long. God doesn't refuse to tell us His will. He is eager to tell us His will. Sometimes when we say, I don't know the will of God, we might just be saying, I heard the will of God and I didn't like that one and I'm looking for plan B <laughs> or something like that would probably be more accurate. Because there's kind of impossible nearly for us to be saved, born again, filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. And not in a general sense, maybe not for way far in the future, but in a general sense for today, I know what the will of God is. I know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And what you're supposed to be doing may be uh, just uh, being going to Salvation Army and fishing in the fishing hole. Oh, it wasn't Salvation Army, but whatever it was. Anyway, uh, <coughs> hallelujah. So let's go to... Uh, First Thessalonians. I'm going to give you a starting place for the will of God. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16. Here's your here's a starting place. 
if we want to be in the will of God. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So there's a starting place for us. First of all, to rejoice evermore. Secondly, to pray without ceasing. And thirdly, in everything give thanks. And that doesn't mean give thanks for everything, but it means in the situation, give thanks. You can find things to give thanks for in every situation. For that is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then he goes on, and I believe he gives us some more things about the will of God. Quench not the spirit, and despise not prophesying. Prove all things, and hold fast to that which is good. So that's our starting place. If we don't know anything else, we know those things are the will of God. And then the Holy Spirit said, are you prayed up, Debbie? The old timers used to say, I'm prayed up. But you know, really it's true. Because if our prayer tank is empty, then it's not really well with our soul. You know, if we're just muttering a few tongues in the shower and throwing a little blood of Jesus on a few people as we go out the door, you know, it's just like, well, I speak the blood over them and them and them and them. And, you know, we, and we don't really take time to pray for people. And we're kind of lumping the whole world together under a little prayer umbrella. And the prayer umbrella is about that big. And we throw the whole world under it, you know, and all the, all the children in Ethiopia and everything. And it's like, and I'm not saying we're called every day to pray for all the children in Ethiopia, but we do have assignments and we do have stewardship ships that are that we're called to pray for uh, or if we've gotten so busy that we're quoting a couple of verses in psalm 91 and calling that protection then uh, i you know when i get that way and i've been that way more often than i hate to say but when there when when i get there i'm pretty miserable i'm actually my soul really is not well because i'm pretty miserable with myself and uh, but if i'm prayed of if i've got it coat covered and you know one of the things we've learned is that prayed up is just not well i got today done but prayed up is getting out there ahead out there ahead so that we're that we're ready i'm i'm ready i'm prayed up uh, right there in first thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing prayer is communication we communicate without ceasing ceasing and communication is always talking and listening so we've been talking about that all evening and so then the last thing the lord said to me uh is are you filled up you know we're supposed to stay filled with the holy spirit i knew that when he said it ephesians five eighteen says uh we can turn back to ephesians we read five seventeen. now we'll read five eighteen. And it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I know we've been taught, and you have, that that means be being filled with the Spirit. So it's a continual thing that we're filled. And, you know, uh, we've got to take the time to get full, whatever that takes. Um, Taking time to put things in, taking time to listen to something. And uh, always would include reading his word, studying the word, praying in the spirit, worshiping. And, you know, it's different all the time. You know what? I think I'm a big proponent of uh, getting up in the morning and and uh, and I believe you're going to be very dull and dry in your devotional life unless you let the Holy Spirit lead you and you change it up sometimes. If you've been doing the same old devotional and praying the same old prayers for 20 years, no wonder you're not enjoying it. I have been in that place where 
it's like, I've been in this spot too long, and I need to move on, and I need fresh bread. I need something that's fresh. That's why right now I'm listening to things. I'm listening on the glory. Man, man I tell you what, it makes you hungry listening on the glory. When I listen to th- things on healing, I encourage you to listen to Curry Blake. I don't know if we'll ever show another one. We didn't even end up showing that one last time. Uh, but... Uh, but he's good. And in fact, the one that's even better than the, I don't like the brown shirt when it's good as uh, where he's answering the questions. He does than the one that doesn't have a picture. It just has uh, some palm trees and it's Duluth. Duluth means in Duluth, Minnesota. But when I feed on healing and how to heal the sick, I get hungry to heal the sick. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I want to lay my hands on somebody. I want to speak something to somebody. So glory to God. Uh, So I encourage you to fill up on something and uh, get full. And, you know, when something quits feeding you, get off of it and go to something else. Hallelujah. Feed on something else in the Word for a while. And if I'm filled up, I th- something's all something runs over the top when I'm filled up. I'll find myself having that sense of victory. I have find myself ha- being being more joyful that day. I find myself uh, uh, just just in a general sense just having a, a, just a just a greater man. I'm just more fired up about God. I guess is the best way to say it. So we give ourselves this checkup and. You know, maybe something in there helped you. I trust it did or the Lord wouldn't have had me bring it. Hallelujah. I know it helped me. You know, at that day, and I hope this is the way it is with you, uh, it's always a process, though. And Pastor said Sunday, uh, life just keeps coming at us. He said something to that effect. And that we have to take charge of life. Because it's just... just keeps coming and it's not ever going to quit coming and you just have to be the boss about it and uh, but after I did that checkup that day you know what I found out I was like you know all is well all is well with my soul I didn't God didn't say man you have missed it in all these areas yeah I've missed it in a bunch of areas but I was on track for my soul to prosper and I believe that you're on track too and if not, you'll make the adjustments wherever necessary. Hallelujah. And I don't know if you, you know, it may be two weeks from now, it may be two months from now, it may be two years from now, but there'll come a time when something just don't feel right. The soul just doesn't feel right. And that doesn't mean our spirit's not right. Our spirit's always right. We're always saved. We're sealed. But I'm just talking about being in tune. Hallelujah. There'll come a there'll come a day when you say, Man, I need to get prayed up. One of the best ways to get get pump jump started in prayer is to pray corporately. Because like tonight we did something totally different before service. We didn't plan this, but before the before service prayer, we all just prayed in tongues for seventeen minutes. We I don't know, it just was like there was just nothing else to do but pray in the Spirit. And, you know, it's the perfect prayer. And I trust that something needed to be done. But I love praying with people because that is a surefire thing that I'm not going to get distracted and wander around. Because 
They hold me in the saddle, you know, and I can't get up. I can't leave. I got to finish this thing. And so I like that. It it helps me. It helps me. So thank you for praying with us every opportunity you can. Hallelujah. Father, we've come before you tonight. Lord, we know enough about your word to know that we want our soul to be in a state of prosperity, a state of well-being. We want our soul, Lord, we want to have spiritual growth. We want to be moving forward. We want to be processing and advancing the kingdom of God. Father, there's so much out there to know, and we're hungry to know it. And Lord, we're not afraid to stretch forth and to learn something fresh, to learn something new. And Lord, uh, we just thank you for a fresh grace coming on every person in the church, every person that we know. And Lord, that we spread the good news everywhere that we go. Lord, we bring hope to every person that we meet. And Father, that every person in here finds a fishing hole. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we all have a place where we're effective in ministry, where we're effective in, in not just ministering in the church, but in ministering to the lost, the hurting, the people that have no answers, the people that are searching. Lord, guide us even this week and show us how to, how to reach more. In Jesus' name, Lord, give us divine opportunities and we give you praise. And Father, teach, show each of us where the will of God is for our life right now, today. And Lord, help us to be settled in it and to be uh, prosperous in it, to be effective in it. Lord, we thank you we thank you for what you're doing in us. We thank you for what you're doing in River Church and through River yes. Church. Yes. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness manifest. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to say one more thing. I was reminded when I was praying. The Lord said to me the other day, he said, uh, I asked him a question. I don't remember the question now, but he said, uh, Keep on pressing forward. You're about to come into a clearing. Hallelujah. So we just keep pressing forward. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. About to come into a clearing.